Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Stacker Chat. My name is Gina Abrams. I'm an employee with the Stacks Project, and I'm joined by Stacks founder, Muneeb Ali. Thanks for being here, Muneeb. Awesome to be here. Awesome. Cool. So um, if you're new here, the Stacks 2.0 blockchain launched earlier this year, bringing apps and smart contracts to Bitcoin. Um, and in this week's Stacker Chat, we wanted to cover a couple community questions, um, but we also recently saw a blog post that covered um, what the Stacks blockchain is, especially in comparison to some of the different mental models that, that folks have. I think a lot of questions typically come up because the Stacks blockchain has a fully new consensus mechanism that connects the Stacks blockchain to the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, so, Muni, would you be able to share some of the, the highlights from that blog post? And this was also written by Jude Nelson of the Stacks Foundation. He's a Stacks core developer. Um, we'll link it out in, in the description below. But um, yeah, at a high level, would love to hear your, your thoughts on what stood out there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that was a really good post by Jude. Uh, for people who don't know who Jude is, um, he's uh, he's also a computer scientist from Princeton. I uh, actually worked with him even before the Stacks project at the computer science department. We were uh, hacking on uh, scalable decentralized storage systems together uh, right right before uh, the Stacks project started. And he's he's amazing. He's the uh, he's a hardcore engineer. Uh, I think if you just look at his GitHub contributions to the project, you can actually get a get a sense of what I'm talking about. Uh, so this post, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend you should go and read the post because um, Stacks consensus is new and uh, in many ways like radically different from the kind of things people might be used to. And I think because it doesn't cleanly fit into an existing box, a lot of people um, actually confuse it. And we've seen that confusion from a lot of different camps, like even uh, some other projects in Bitcoin, they were trying to draw comparisons to stacks and actually got a lot of stuff wrong. Similarly, other uh, ecosystems like Ethereum and others, they were actually trying to compare uh, stacks and again, got a lot of stuff wrong. So I think it's uh, partly motivated by uh, helping educate people, helping uh, them to think about uh, uh, what SACS is and, and also like what it's clearly not, right? So I'll, I'll try to summarize the post, but all the, all the details are really there. Um, so the first thing is that SACS is actually um, not a proof of stake system, right? So Ethereum is trying to uh, shift to proof of stake. There are a lot of proof of stake systems out there. Uh, I would actually say that proof of stake is at this point a very well studied area uh, within crypto because there are so many projects that are basically doing proof of stake, right? So it's it's a more understood uh, type of a concept, and, and SACS is definitely not proof of stake uh, because the token holders they're not putting up any capital at stake. Like you cannot be slashed. Uh, the consensus mechanism works very differently, and the reason that why we did that, I think it's important to understand the reason here. The reason is that uh, me plus other other kind of like designers of the, the Stacks uh, blockchain actually really really value the property of independent verification. Uh, independent verification is a property that Bitcoin has. Uh, for example, if anyone gave you two different copies of the Bitcoin blockchain, uh, you can independently verify without talking to any anyone on the planet. You can independently verify that one fork. Is, is the correct one over the other because one fork would actually have more uh, compute power on it, 
and you can independently verify that. And that's a very, very nice property to have. And we wanted to maintain that property uh, for Stacks as well, right? So if anybody gives you a copy of the Stacks history, uh, you can, you'll, you'll require uh, the version of the Bitcoin blockchain as well, but you can independently verify by looking at the history that which is the correct version. And I think that is a very nice property to have for blockchains because I think a lot of people, they, uh, they kind of like try to focus on, for example, the speed of a blockchain. And uh, they forget that it's always possible to make a blockchain go faster by relaxing some of these properties, right? If you make it a little less decentralized, if you uh, basically forego independent verification, uh, you, you can turn these knobs and actually make these systems go faster. And some of the areas that I'm researching personally these days is how to potentially introduce that type of capability in our ecosystem as well, where we very explicitly can actually trade off uh, some of these things. But uh, at the base layer, at the foundation layer, uh, I'm of the opinion that you have to optimize for decentralization. You have to optimize for independent verification. Uh, so Stacks actually kind of like maintains maintains that property. Uh, there are other differences with proof of stake as well, but again, you should you should go and read the post to to understand how it's clearly not a proof of stake system. Then um, some people uh, tend to think of Stacks as a Bitcoin sidechain. Even though Stacks has a connection to Bitcoin, it is certainly not a Bitcoin sidechain. Uh, Stacks actually has its own um, security budget. So, it, 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 so this is where we need to kind of like understand some of the inner workings of uh, what we have done with Stacks. So basically what we have done is the core of the idea is that um, the Bitcoin miners have already spent energy and electricity to produce Bitcoin. How can we have a proof of work-like system? So our, our, our motivation here is to have a proof of work-like system without having the additional consumption of energy, right? So we don't want people to consume more electricity and we want to reuse the energy that has already been used with Bitcoin. So what we've really done is that uh, A, uh, like Stacks actually connects to the Bitcoin chain and um, uh, you can actually have a, almost like a settlement of Stacks history is stored literally on the Bitcoin chain. Right. So if you look at the history of kind of like all uh, all history of stacks, like basically all forks of the or potential forks of the stacks blockchain, that history is preserved in the Bitcoin blockchain itself. Right. So which, which is a very interesting property, which means that if someone wants to completely rewrite the history of stacks, they would also have to rewrite the history of Bitcoin. Right. That is not the case with proof of stake. Uh, if somebody takes over a proof of stake network, they can actually produce as many different histories of the blockchain as they want to, right? And there's no one, no one stopping them from doing that. But you cannot do that with, with Stacks because to rewrite history of Stacks, you will also need to rewrite history of Bitcoin, which is extremely hard to do. The second thing that it does is it has this very interesting property where it makes certain types of attacks on the Stacks chain public by default, like because the attacker would need to kind of like uh, announce these attacks on the Bitcoin side, this is just how the, the protocol works, that the attacker cannot actually build a private uh, fork of stacks, 
right? So this, this, is a, this is a really interesting property because what that really means is technically, if you try to build a private fork of stacks, you also need to uh, effectively have the ability to reorg Bitcoin, which is again, extremely, extremely hard, hard to do. Right, so we, that's where the security of Bitcoin uh, plays a role. That there, the, the the history of the stack side is linked with the history of uh, Bitcoin, and it makes attacking the the stacks blockchain uh, by default a public thing. So what happens when you make that a public thing? Let's say there's a malicious party and wants to attack uh, the, the stacks chain because the attack is now public, and there is almost like a slow start, like an inherent slow start start to these attacks. Uh, it gives people a time to react. In other words, it makes the cost of attack actually dynamic, right? Because the people who care about the Stacks ecosystem, other, other than the normal kind of like security budget that is ongoing because of the Stacks miners and the amount of Bitcoin that they're spending, because it makes these things dynamic, uh, you can actually make practical attacks much, much harder uh, to pull off because any of the, uh, the, uh, the parties that have a vested interest in in um, in kind of like uh, maintaining the stacks uh, blockchain can step in and make the attack dynamically harder for the attacker. So the attacker is just losing money and is not able to kind of like pull pull off uh, the attack, which is again a very very different and very new and very interesting property to have uh, from a stack side. And I know that there is a lot of discussion around uh, Bitcoin's energy use and this and that, and that's very interesting to note that the way Stacks kind of like reuses Bitcoin's energy, yes, there are some transactions that happen on the Bitcoin side. So the Stacks miners are actually sending Bitcoin transactions and they're paying fairly high fees uh, to Bitcoin miners. Uh, but those transactions are fairly minimal uh, depending on the actual traffic on the Stacks side, right? Because uh, like a, a, a bunch of the, the transactions on the Stacks side, they're basically getting, ha- uh, they're getting settled as a hash. And a, and a bunch of miners are just announcing those hashes on the Bitcoin side. So there are fairly limited number of transactions that happen on the Bitcoin side. Any quote-unquote energy footprint of those transactions is very small, uh, but that brings scalability or energy efficiency to the system because new use cases like the .BTC domain or these NFTs or new type of liquidity protocols, they're actually happening on the stack side. They benefit from the security of Bitcoin but you're not doing any additional proof of work, which is a a really uh, important property, I think, because what that means is that instead of starting separate blockchains, people can use Bitcoin as a secure base layer and do settlements on Bitcoin. And without introducing more kind of like proof of work type energy, they can actually use Bitcoin itself, Bitcoin, the, the crypto asset itself, uh, to secure new use cases and new blockchains, and which interestingly uh, was the original vision that Satoshi Nakamoto t- t- talked about uh, back in 2010 when they were talking about additional use cases as as like BitDNS that that uh, eventually became Namecoin and so on. The, the core idea that Satoshi had was how can you have these use cases that can be their own separate chains, but they can actually share the compute power of Bitcoin, because then that aligns incentives as well. So, so the, the Stacks community has incentive alignment with the Bitcoin community. And actually, there's a huge overlap between the two. There are many people who are, who are Bitcoiners and who are excited about the use cases that Stacks has and, and, and vice versa, because there is a common thing in the middle, the security of the Bitcoin blockchain, 
that all of us care about. And we are directly kind of like depending on the security of the blockchain uh, for uh, of the Bitcoin blockchain for a thriving Stacks ecosystem. Again, coming back to the differences, uh, this is not how sidechains work. Like sidechains are very different. They don't have their own asset, so they don't have their own security budget. Uh, you're you're effectively kind of like building a very different type of a system. And again, I would I would ask people to go and look at the details in the blog post to like understand all the differences. Uh, same with merge mining. This is not a merge mining chain. Uh, in merge mining, a subset of the Bitcoin miners are also trying to participate on the merge mine chain. And and in general, uh, it's 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 generally very hard to get a very high percent of those Bitcoin miners to care about the, the, the merge mine chain. In the, in the Stacks um, case, uh, the Bitcoin miners are agnostic to what's happening on the Stacks side, right? They're just processing normal Bitcoin transactions. There's no modification needed. There's no buy-in needed from the Bitcoin miners. And, and that's how we design Stacks that can basically require no modif- modification from, from Bitcoin. And yet you can, you can just launch it, you can just run it, and it's permissionless, anyone can come in and anyone can can become a miner on the system, uh, which is which is a which is a really nice property to have. And finally, uh, Stacks is also not a L2 system. I know many people uh, think of it as a Bitcoin L2. It's 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 actually not because L2s are strictly defined uh, in a different way. Uh, especially like you know, if you look at Bitcoin, Lightning would be a better example of an L2 like system that will clearly come and settle settle on Bitcoin or in terms of uh, Ethereum, I think there are some L2 protocols coming where uh, basically, uh, you know, the design is extremely different, right? Like you're uh, you're, you're effectively re- uh, relying on the L1 blockchain uh, on for the security of the L2 there, right? And over here, uh, this is a very different model. It's it's a in, at best it's a hybrid model, but Stacks clearly has its own security security budget. Right, and the security budget of Stacks is actually tied uh, to the Stacks asset, which is used as gas for smart contracts there, and it is not dependent on a external source. Even though, if you dig into the details, uh, there there is this inter- interesting link between the security of Bitcoin and the security of Stacks. But at a high level, uh, the fact to know is that Stacks has its own security budget that is defined by uh, the Stacks asset. And I think that's 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 kind of like the difference. Again, uh, go check out the blog post. It has all the details. It even has a very helpful chart uh, where you can see all the differences for how L2s are different from merge mining, from sidechains, from kind of like the, the stacks consensus. And the best way, I think, at a high level to remember uh, what type of blockchain is stacks. Interestingly, it's actually an L1 blockchain. Uh, and it is a special type of an L1 blockchain that actually connects with Bitcoin. And, and interestingly, uh, through this consensus between Bitcoin and the, the Stacks L1 layer, uh, there are some new types of properties that weren't possible with just separate kind of like proof of work type L1 or a separate proof of stake type L1. So it's a, it's a new type of a L1 blockchain um, that kind of like shares certain security properties uh, due to its unique connection with Bitcoin. I think that's that's the best way to understand what Stacks is. Absolutely. A lot for folks to dig into there. Now, one thing that comes up a lot, I think a lot of us who are here are Bitcoiners and we understand um, 
you know, the, the power that Bitcoin has. But I am curious if you can expand a little bit on just sort of the, the bet on Bitcoin and why this is considered, you know, the most secure blockchain and um, why Stacks chose to build on Bitcoin. Yes, so I think I think that uh, that's a great question, and uh, that's kind of like a trillion dollar question, right? There, there's there's so much kind of like speculation or, or arguments about, hey, is it going to be Bitcoin? Is it going to be Ethereum or some other L1 protocol? And we're we're clearly in the camp of Bitcoin, and the reason there is that Bitcoin maximizes for decentralization um, and durability. So it's, it's actually relatively a simple base layer compared to some of the more fully featured base layers like, like Ethereum and others. But that also means that, that it's very, very hard to change Bitcoin, both because of how it's designed, the kind of like the values of the project and the community that, that sprung uh, around it. Like if I think that 10 years from now, is Bitcoin going to be more or less the same thing that it is today? The answer is yes. And it's actually a good thing. That's that's the part that a lot of people don't understand, like because they think that to be competitive, you have to be like constantly upgrading the the blockchain and adding new features and like pretty much like what's happening with Ethereum, right? Like they're changing the monetary policy, they're changing the consensus uh, uh, mechanism and switching to proof of stake and so on for an asset that is basically the reserve cryptocurrency or a store of value. Uh, I think that that like that's those are actually bad thing, properties. You don't want the, mon- mon- the the monetary policy to change. You don't want the consensus protocol to change. You actually want stability. You want that thing to just be reliable, and and be simple. So because it has a very small attack vector, so you can trust it. Right? That this thing this, there is not going to be some sort of a catastrophic bug at the at the base layer because that that would have consequences for everything else that is depending on that uh, base there. So that's why we, we chose Bitcoin, uh, because it's durable, it's simple, and it will likely remain kind of like what it is. And those are the type of properties we want, because we can do the experimentation on the stack side. We can actually be more innovative on the stack side without putting uh, uh, the Bitcoin layer at risk, right? And I think that's, that's the uh, division uh, in a two-layer solution where you can explicitly have smart contracts in a separate layer that can be more experimental and you can have the more stable store of value layer, the more stable settlement layer as, as the Bitcoin layer. Awesome. Now, on that note, a lot of folks are very interested in just upcoming developments for the Stacks project and developer tools. Um, what are you excited for on the roadmap ahead? Yeah, so speaking of the roadmap, uh, I think a bunch of different entities have, have started putting together a roadmap. I'm trying to give some input as well. Uh, I think given the decentralization or true decentralization, given that there are so many entities and no kind of like single company uh, that is responsible for this project, uh, it's hard to have things like roadmap, right? But I think there's a community effort and different uh, uh, entities like the Stacks Foundation, they're, they're trying to put together this effort. I'll try to contribute to that as well. But in terms of what I'm excited about, uh, I, I definitely think that microblocks, like uh, the proper launch of microblocks, that would make transactions much faster uh, on the stack side. Uh, I'm super excited about that when people can actually experience much faster transactions uh, when when they're using the Explorer or the wallet and so on. Uh, that'd be amazing. Uh, there, there are certain uh, almost like mini R&D projects. Uh, one is around clarity features. So clarity 
uh, can right now basically react to Bitcoin transactions, but we would love to have Clarity directly uh, write Bitcoin uh, transactions in one way or the other. There, there are a bunch of different ways uh, that we are exploring that. I think that would be a superpower uh, because that completes the loop. Like there are many things you can already do just because Clarity can react to Bitcoin transactions. But the other way around would be closing that loop. And I think that's something I'm, I'm very excited about. Uh, there, are, there are certain uh, things that I'm working on, like more as R&D personal hobby things that I've started sharing with a few other computer scientists and, and the stack community. And those are basically ideas around, okay, if you have the stable decentralized permissionless base layer, where like Bitcoin and stacks, uh, can you then add additional features like potential subnets that are faster uh, and they trade off certain things um, because I think you can always go the other way around. If you start from a decentralized base, you can always uh, turn the knobs and, and make these trade-offs, but not vice versa. If you start with, let's say, a fully centralized or federated system, you cannot build a decentralized system on top of it, right? So I'm very excited about that general area that now that you know building the decentralized base and a truly permissionless type of a blockchain is the hard thing to do, once you do that uh, and you want certain properties like you know much faster transactions or other other types of uh, subnets with different properties, uh, those are relatively easier to add on top. And I'm I'm, I'm pretty interested about that. And finally, I think uh, there are 25 startups that are going through the Stacks Accelerator right now. This is just the accelerator. There are people who are building outside of the accelerator as well. And I think over the coming months. Uh, so four or five months ago, the, the Stacks blockchain launched and we got Clarity contracts, we got the stacking functionality. And I think these startups are basically the next level. So th that's the thing that I'm the most excited about, that when people start launching these use cases, uh, it will certainly go from not just that we have this amazing infrastructure and programming language. Now we have real kind of like teams and startups that have built interesting things that everyone can use. And, and I think that's, that's truly the next level that I'm excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I got to meet a couple of the founders in Miami not too long ago and just brilliant people who um, are working on some really exciting projects. So I can't wait for more details to be shared there. Um, on that note, though, I'm curious about what are some of the interesting or unexpected use cases for, for either Stacks or Clarity Smart Contracts deployed on Stacks um, that you've either come across or are hearing about? Yeah, I think people have started doing uh, uh, interesting things and unexpected things already. Like, for example, the Boom team, they uh, made these Boom boxes, which are these NFTs that can uh, get a Bitcoin yield on it. That was that was pretty innovative. Or I think Free, Freehold or Patrick, I think they've been uh, looking into these ideas of city coins. I think I, in Miami, they were talking about uh, the 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 mayor was actually tweeting about the idea of a Miami uh, coin, and I think there are very interesting relationship with how uh, Stacks works, especially the Bitcoin yield component, where you can potentially have these treasuries for different cities that have a Bitcoin yield attached to it, and I think that's a very unique property of the Stacks blockchain. Uh, and I obviously, when we were working on this, we never thought that. Uh, you know, a mayor of a city would be interested in having a Bitcoin yielding treasury uh, for that city. And obviously that's a, that's a very unexpected, but really, really exciting use case. Absolutely. 
Great. Well, thanks so much, Muneeb. That's going to be a wrap for this week. But everyone, please subscribe to the Stacks YouTube channel where you're going to be able to find more sessions of Stacker Chats. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about Stacks, head over to stacks.co. There's a bunch of resources there. Definitely join our Discord because that's where a lot of action is happening. And you can stay posted on some of these teams and projects that are launching. And we're going to tune back in next week. Um, so definitely feel free to reach out to us if there's anything you'd like to see covered in future sessions here. And um, definitely check out the info area to read Jude's blog post and for any other information. But thanks so much, everyone. Thanks a lot.